Hey friends, Tom Johnston here with the Way of the Mentor podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 12, and it's Mentoring in the Jesus Way, part four. And today I want to talk to you about proximity. So proximity. You know, when I started uh, pastoral ministry 31 years ago, uh, my wife, Kathy, and I uh, were starting into this journey. We were starting into this journey together um, and we had moved to New Hampshire uh, from Erie, Pennsylvania, where we grew up. And uh, we had a pastor there that we loved and who, who did our um, wedding. And we were part of his church before we transitioned to New Hampshire for work. And um, we, he knew that we had wanted to be in ministry. And when we had taken the job opportunities we had here in New Hampshire, he was kind of like, okay, what's that about? But all right, got to have a job. It was during a, a big recession. And so we, we took the job opportunities. And so when we, we got involved with a church up here that uh, had a non-traditional um, approach to accessing ministry and we were being sent out to church plant, when it finally was going to happen, 1990, we were being sent out to plant our first church in Jaffrey, New Hampshire, we... Um, wrote him a letter, and we said, uh, uh, his name was Pastor Larry Albanese. We said, Pastor Albanese, here's what's happening. It's really great. We're excited. Just wanted to let you know, please pray for us. And in that, he wrote a letter back, and that letter was really interesting. So Pastor Albanese was the pastor of uh, a megachurch uh, that we were part of, and uh, so his his parameters were for ministry were a little old school, and... Uh, in the sense of uh, how a pastor related to the congregation. So he, he sent us a bunch of do's and don'ts. And, you know, some of, some of them were like, well, um, don't have anybody over to your house because uh, your house is your castle. You got to protect it. Um, you can, uh, can't take anybody out to dinner or lunch. But if someone invites you and they're paying, then you can because other people think you're showing favoritism. Uh, you can only go over to someone's house if you're on visitation and you need to have another elder or deacon with you and uh, you only go if there's a valid need. You're not just going over to hang out. And and so he kind of had this idea of, of having a lot of distance from the congregation. And some of that, I think, comes from the, the culture of the time, the perspectives of the time, and him having a, a very large church that uh, was understaffed, and he had a lot of demands on him. So so with that, um, you know, Kathy and I read that letter, and, and we said, wow, this is really great. He's happy for us, but this is just not who we are. You know, there's no way we can do this, that we have to be in relationship with people. We have to be close to them. And so, um, you know, we were just kind of embracing what we saw Jesus do and what we saw in the book of Acts, how they lived in community. And so, um, you know, he was he was saying like you just you just do the thing on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You counsel where you need to, uh, but you don't really engage people in relationships. So that was that was odd for us, and it wasn't going to happen. So we proceeded into our church plant with uh, really, you know, a, 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 a close proximity approach to uh, discipleship and evangelism, and. In fact, ever, ever since we were married, we are in a living community where we had people who, who needed a place to stay, live in our house. We started our church plant that way. 
And, uh, you know, it was, it's pretty amazing. I mean, to this day, we have uh, um, a friend who's a little bit older than us living with us. And we have a, a young guy who's one of our pastoral apprentices, who's a, who I've known, you know, pretty much most of his life. His, his parents were staff with us. Um, they're now in another church in a pastoral role. And so, you know, we, we've, we've always had this idea of living in community and, and being in proximity. You know, and we really see this in Jesus. Um, uh, the, the goal of his learning process, his discipleship process, his leader development process, was always to take the scripture and make application to life. And, you know, he was, he was creating a way of life, um, you know, of, of what he taught for those whom he taught. So it was, it was focused. It was narrow. Uh, of course, the kingdom was for everybody, but it was really, he narrow-casted. He had 84 disciples. Of that, he gave most of his time to the 12. Of that, he had a three. And so in that, he was deep diving with, with 12 of them. Uh, and, you know, the whole goal of this was to live out the kingdom way of, of loving God and loving others. And, of course, as you go making disciples, what we refer to as the irreducible core. So he had a relational construct of this apprenticeship process that he had, in which he is the mentor, is the rabbi, and his protégés, the disciples, they, they coexisted together in, in the same space at the same time. So, you know, this is, this is what I've always done, and from some relatively, you know, mid-sized to small-sized churches that I've pastored, you know, none of my churches has been above 250, of course, in New Hampshire, that's probably, you know, a pretty large church, but, um, uh, you know, the average church size is 60. So, so in you know, that's a little bit bigger, but it's not really big. But out of those churches, there's been five, four we planted, and, and one we, uh, we came into an existing church. Uh, we've, we've raised up over 40 people in the pastoral ministry, church planters, staff pastors, senior pastors, who... You know, most of them are still out there, so I'm going to be with the Lord. Uh, but, um, you know, there's, there's, there's been a, an opportunity through that relational environment to see uh, leaders raised up and sent out. In fact, probably per capita and an extraordinarily large amount of leaders from those small constituencies that we were able to discover and, and mine for the kingdom. And so... You know, uh, relationship is just part of how we do what we do, and I see that in Jesus and and in my thought that the, you know the leader must create a relational environment where intentional mentoring and development takes place. Uh, Pastor Albanese, um, you know, didn't didn't have that going on, and um, he ended up not being able to finish well in that church. Is kind of pushed out by uh, the deacons who are in control. And, went to another church. And, and so, you know, he didn't, he didn't have the kind of relationship that sustained him through some difficult times. And uh, regrettably, he became the fall guy for stuff that wasn't his fault. But in that, uh, you know, it's, he didn't have relationship with people. And so uh, the, the leader has to have relationship with uh, those that they're leading with and those that they're discipling and mentoring. So it's in the context of the relationship that a mentor can challenge the person they're mentoring um, to kind of step up uh, to what the scripture says, uh, you know, and challenge them to change. 
but it requires that relationship have have some depth to it. And the the relationship with Jesus, you know, that the disciples had, that was the framework of kind of his development process, his educational process, his training process. And, you know, because it was done in the context of life, it was holistic. It covered everything. It wasn't just about the ministry task or it wasn't just about learning uh, scripture. It was about how it all gets lived out in life. And so it was integrated into life. Um, and that's why, you know, when, when Mike Perkins and I talk about the, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, we say, as you go, you know, going from here, um, make disciples. So it's, it's all of life is the disciple-making process. And because the, the nature of his process was integrated uh, through all these relationships and, and daily life, uh, he used a, a wide variety of kind of real-life moments, real-life environments, as the venue for learning. So every situation they were in became a discipleship moment. And so with that, uh, we, you know, we need to understand that without the relationships and, and the integration in real life, there's, there's no way to actually do just-in-time learning. Uh, otherwise, you just download information, it becomes just-in-case learning, just-in-case you need this. But there needs to be a real engagement with people in life. And, and so there has to be proximity of the leader to those they're leading. Now, you can only do that so much, right? I mean, uh, even in industry, they call it span of control. You can only have between 10 to 20 people that are kind of direct reports to you, kind of in, in family systems or in, in social systems theory, you can only have maybe eight to 10 really close, you know, relationships outside your your family, and so you've got a particular limited bandwidth, and you need to focus that uh, on a few people to multiply yourself. You know, honestly, in everything I do, I figure that if out of 100 people, 10 people respond to what I do and they start doing it, I've multiplied myself 10 times. So, you know, that's why I think it's the deep investment that uh, that is lasting. And, and so it's, it's just really important. You know, life itself, as we were saying, is the context of relationship with uh, the mentor. Um, and, and that's the curriculum. You know, life is the curriculum. And what comes up is what's discussed according to the scripture. And this is how you live it out. And so, uh, you know, it's Jesus Jesus wasn't coming to teach us a way of belief. He was coming to teach us a way of life that had belief at its core. So obviously, you got to learn the scripture, but learning the scripture is nothing unless you can apply it to life. And, you know, for Jesus specifically, but also for all of us who are mentoring people and discipling people, you know, Jesus, he was the embodiment of both his teaching and his desired outcomes. Like, this is, I'm living it, and this is what it looks like, and I'm teaching you through how I live, and how I live is your outcome. So he incarnated it. And, you know, that's that's why Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 1 says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So, you know, this is what the pattern looks like. This is what this is what it's supposed to look like. Now we know it's gonna Jesus looks different in everybody, but uh, because you know personality is infinite, because God is infinite. But there are certain core characteristics, of course, that we see in the scripture, the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5, 
All these things are, are things that are modeled and seen, and then the Spirit works out in our life. And so the whole idea for Jesus was, you know, it's it, Jesus looked like what Torah looked like in application to life and integration within life. So that's what he looked like. He, he looked like the living scripture. And, and so we need to look like living scripture to people. You know, it's always been said, you know, you're, you might be the only Bible someone ever reads. And, uh, you know, we hope not, but it certainly is probably the first Bible that someone would read would be how the Bible's being lived out through your life. And, and so you, you have to be proximate with the people that you're discipling, the people that you're mentoring. There has to be time and space. And, you know, I'm a pretty active guy. I got a lot of my plate. I do a lot of stuff. Uh, probably because I'm easily bored, but I think it's because Jesus has called me to it. But but in that, people often think I'm too busy for them, and so I, I kind of have to break through that. It's like, no, uh, you're you're in my leadership community. Uh, you're my primary responsibility, and you're my primary focus. So uh, for you specifically, I make time. Now I I probably can't do that for everybody, but the the grace is is that I have multiplied myself into other leaders. And they are highly competent and capable, and people don't even seek me out. You know, uh, they, they, they go to the other folks that are on the pastoral team because they have a connection to them. Jesus is using them in their lives. So, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have to engage with everybody at this point because uh, I have uh, developed other leaders. So we lead in community. However, you know, if somebody needs me, if there's a big-time emergency that requires me, I'm there, man. I mean, I'm, I'm all in. So uh, that it's not that I don't deal with anybody else. It's just that my primary focus is on my, my what we call the LC, the leadership community, which is, is about 50 people. And so that's, that's kind of where I focus. Out of that, there's about 16 or 20, probably 20, 22 that are either my, my pastoral couples or uh, kind of my my pastoral couples or pastors in training. So, you know, you, you have to be able to be accessible to people. You have to be proximate. And and Jesus said, you know, come and see where I, I'm going to stay tonight. <laughs> you know, come and see. Master, where are you staying? Well, come and see. Come, come and be with me here. And so he, he invited them into his personal space. Now, <laughs> just to tell you another story, I was I was going to a town to minister, a city to minister, and I'd never been there before. And so, um, um, I was going to stay at the pastor's house. I'd never been in this house, and uh, so I'd never been there. So, I'm, I'm being driven there by one of the pastor's guys. He's working with one of his apprentices, one of the guys come up, got on staff, and. Uh, so we're, we're driving, and the guy says, so so do you, do you know where the pastor's house is? And I thought he was just asking me a general question. I said, no, no, I, I don't know. I've never been there, never been to this town. So um, and he said, oh, I thought you knew. I said, uh, no, is that it? She goes, he goes, well, I, I don't know where it is either. And it's like, what? So I actually had to call the guy and say, hey, what's your address? And so this guy um, who was driving me was being mentored by the pastor, and the guy didn't know where his house was, so he'd never been to his house. So I thought that was really weird. Uh, you know, that was, that was pretty bizarre. Uh, how can you be discipling someone and they don't know where your house is? And, and so with that, 
Uh, yeah, I just kind of asked the pastor. I said, so, you know, uh, it was kind of interesting that this guy that you're working with didn't know where you live. He goes, oh, oh well, I live community, but I live community outside my house because, you know, this is, this is my, 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 my private space. It's like, okay. So I don't think that works, to be honest with you. Um, there are times when Kathy and I have actually had uh, set up uh, open house days where people, we'd set up blocks of time for people just to come over and be in our space. And, um, you know, you, you've got to have a more open life. And, in fact, I chose the house I chose here in Bedford where we pastor because it has this big open kind of living room, dining room, kitchen area that's just all open concept. And, you know, I can get about 20, 24 people in here. Uh, it's a little tight, but, you know, so we can, we can get a lot of folks in. Uh, and so we do a lot of our leadership meetings and other things with people in the house. I have a study here where I'm sitting right now with you guys, and we put doors on it so I could actually do podcasts without dogs barking. But uh, it's also a space where I can sit and talk with people that, that need my time. And so I had a wonderful couple in the other night, walk, you know, working with them, walking them through some stuff, some of our apprentices. It was just, you know, a great space. And, and it's, it's not as antiseptic as an office. Um, and it's not as formal and it's not like, you know, clergy lady thing. But it was, it was just much more organic and natural. So, you know, people have to be able to, and, I, and I'm talking about the leaders you're mentoring, the people you're really investing in, the deep dive, you know, the, the three, the 12, the 72, you know, to speak metaphorically, you know, they, they've got to have access to your life. You have to be proximate. And, you know, I, I've noticed through, you know, our churches have always had cell groups or home groups or whatever you want to call them. And then for a while, you know, I did, uh, I planted a church that was an intentional house church network. So there were five different house churches in our network. We'd gather once a month for celebration. And what we noticed is that uh, the more I could develop leaders uh, who would facilitate these smaller environments and do it well, uh, the closer I would put a leader to the people and allow them to go deep, uh, the people would grow faster, uh, would heal up faster, would get wholeness faster, and they would go deeper. And so that proximity is essential for us to really be able to um, uh, see tr lasting transformation take place in people's lives. So you got to have proximity. So here's a couple questions to help you evaluate where you're at. Do the people who you mentor have a regular time with you? So do you have a schedule where you are literally scheduling time every month with the people that you're pouring into? Uh, intentionally. Now, there's lots of unintentional times and just relational time, but do you have time set aside for those people? And, uh, you know, uh, as individuals, as couples, uh, is essential, not just in a group meeting. So it's not just a meeting, but it's got to be some time where they can process with you personally and deeply and talk. Uh, and, and do those who mentor know what your living room looks like? Like, oh yeah, I've been there. You know, can they, can they, have they, have they sat at your table for a meal? Uh, you know, are, are, are you accessible to them? Do they have your cell phone number? I mean, I don't give my cell phone number to everybody, but the people that I'm mentoring on a regular basis, yep, they got it. Anybody I'm walking through crisis, yep, they got it. And so again, you can't, you can't be, uh, 
you know, infinitely accessible to everybody, but you can be infinitely approachable. You can make it possible for people to get close to you that, that need to be close to you. Uh, and I mean need in the missional sense, not just in the sense of their personal need, because lots of people are going to want to be close to you. But you need to figure out who the three and the 12 are and, you know, and, and your larger group of leaders. And, you know, you might have a one and a five and a 30. You may not have uh, three, 12, 72. I, I don't have a 72. So, so with that, you need to be able to be proximate to your folks so that real life transformation can happen. So do some evaluation, think about it and figure out how someone accesses uh, your life and how you can be proximate to them. God bless. Have a great week. Thank you.